Hello everyone. This was sure a special week for us. Instead of just one Peter's Children's story, we brought you two in honor of the Peter's Children Halloween. We hope that those of you whose parents allowed you to trick or treat had a fun and safe time. If your parents didn't observe the day, we hope you honored them and that you didn't pout or sulk. This week's adventure, Daddy Peters Holds Down the Fort, is a story about how Mama Peters, who is expecting twin girls pretty soon, leaves for the weekend to attend a church retreat. Daddy Peters, who is home with the children, has some special adventures planned. We hope you enjoy the story, but I also want to remind you that the story from last week, Pearson and the Bad Company, is also a good one in case you missed it. Todd Hicks, the rude boy who has lots of bad habits, is a big part of that story. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to that story. Oh, and Drake from North Carolina was our winner when he sent in the correct answer of nothing but the blood of Jesus that he heard in the Halloween story. So congratulations, Drake. Great job. And if you hear a hymn or a line from a hymn in this week's story, make sure to email us at whimsywins at gmail.com and if your correct answer is the first we receive, we will send you a prize. Now, let's take a listen to Daddy Peters Holds Down the Fort. It was the weekend of the annual women's retreat at church, which meant that while Mama Peters was gone, it was a chance for Pearson and Penelope to spend time with Daddy and experience a slightly different parenting style. The children miss Mama Peters for sure, but Daddy Peters was in charge, so there would be lots of fast food and movies. Every year after Mama returned home from the retreat, Pearson and Penelope had lots of good stories to tell her. Mama Peters would often chuckle and shake her head as she listened to the outlandish food they had eaten and the adventures they'd had while she was away. Despite the fact that Mama Peters froze a lasagna for them, as she did every year, Daddy Peters never wanted to eat homemade food during retreat time. Some of Daddy's favorite foods on the planet were french fries and fast food tacos. He was constantly reminding Mama Peters that the house would be less messy if he didn't serve meals at home. This weekend was going to be no different than any other retreat weekend. Before Mama Peters had even left for the retreat, Daddy Peters told the children that they would be going to a movie. And without a doubt, there would be popcorn and candy. Lots of it. When Penelope and Pearson arrived home from school on Friday afternoon, Mama Peters' bags were already loaded into the car, and she was waiting for them to say goodbye. Penelope waved at Mama Peters on the front porch when they spotted her, and she and Pearson broke into a brisk trot to see Mama off. It made them sad to think of a weekend without Mama Peters, even with all of the fun stuff Daddy Peters had planned. I love you so much, kids, Mama Peters held out her arms to the children. Mama, I wish you didn't have to go. I'm going to miss you so much, Penelope said as she hugged Mama Peter's neck. Me too. Are you going to have fun without us? Pearson asked as he patted Mama's very pregnant belly. Well, it will be hard to have fun without you, but I think I will. I'll miss you a lot, though. Daddy Peters, I will miss you most of all, Mama said, her eyes filling with tears as she hugged Daddy Peters. Drive safely, darling. I'm going to miss you too. I love you. Daddy Peters replied, giving Mama Peters a big hug and kiss. Oh, I almost forgot. I got you guys a little something. Mama opened her purse and pulled out a small construction set and handed it to Pearson, followed by a little box for Penelope. Whoa! 
Pearson exclaimed, staring at the box of interlocking building pieces. Thanks, Mama! Oh, wow, Mama! Penelope shouted as she opened the compact blue velvet box, which contained a gold necklace with a heart locket. It's beautiful! Oh, I'm so glad you like it, honey. Perhaps you could put a picture of the twins after they're born in the locket, Mama said. I love that idea. I can't wait till they're born. Can I wear it before they're born, though? You sure can, sweetie. It'll go nicely with the red and blue plaid dress I put out for you to wear to church this Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing it around your neck when I get back. Mama Peters gave a last hug to Penelope and turned to Daddy one last time. I didn't forget to get you something, too, my love, as she handed Daddy a bag of specialty coffee beans. My favorite! Why, thank you, darling, Daddy said, taking the bag. Well, I figure you might need a little bit of extra caffeine this weekend. I'm going to miss you, darling. It was so hard for Mama Peters to tear herself away. But she gave Daddy one more kiss and finally got in the car. Daddy Peters and the children didn't stop waving goodbye or reminding Mama through her open window of their love until she had driven down the road out of sight. Alrighty. Mama says you guys will have homework to do before we can have fun. So run upstairs, post haste, and do your homework, and then we'll have nothing but fun in front of us, Daddy Peters directed the children. Penelope and Pearson wasted no time in getting started. They concentrated hard on their schoolwork, knowing what awaited them. Pearson had only one daydream, and it was during math. As he was trying to tackle a word problem, it asked how many apples Veronica's tree had left on it if he ate three of the apples and it started off with 43 apples. But Pearson got lost in thought because the apples in the word problem reminded him of the apple-picking excursions he and his aunt would take every fall. His aunt made a special day of taking both Pearson and Penelope to Mount Apple. Once there, they would stop at some of the apple farms to pick several varieties of apples. Pearson especially liked Honeycrisp apples, while Penelope couldn't get enough of the Envy apples. They made stops at every farm for tasty apple cider, or apple donuts, or apple turnovers, or even apple pie. With so many apples required to make such delicacies, Pearson couldn't help but wonder just how many apples were on the average apple tree. After mulling that over for a few seconds, how in the world Veronica, the girl in the math problem, could possibly eat three full apples by herself? Pearson could never even finish a whole apple himself, if it was a big one. And if he did finish the whole thing, he was full for hours. Maybe, though, Veronica was just eating little crab apples, or even just eating some of the flesh and not finishing the apples. This mystery had to remain a mystery when Penelope stopped by his room and interrupted his daydreaming. I'm all finished! How about you? Oh, dear me. Did that ever bring Pearson back into reality with lightning speed? He quickly wrote down the answer. Veronica would have 40 apples on the tree. Done! He slammed the book shut and followed Penelope downstairs, bringing along his construction set that Mama Peters had given him. Wow, that was fast, Daddy said. I didn't expect you to be so fast. Let's play with your construction set for a little while before we go to dinner. Nellie, what'd you do with your necklace? Do you want to wear it? I put it on my dresser, Daddy. I want to wait until Mama gets back so she can see me wear it for the first time. Oh, well, that's sweet of you, honey. All right, so let's take a look at this, kids. He began reading the directions for the construction set as Pearson and Penelope listened and helped find pieces. It took about an hour before they finished. They stepped back to admire the blue and green spaceship complete with alien minifigures. It was wonderful. Penelope and Pearson and Daddy Peters began playing space aliens with one another, pretending to be in an epic battle between made-up planets. 
They were hot and sweaty when they decided to call it quits. And besides, it was time to head out for dinner. Okay, who wants burgers and who wants tacos? Daddy looked between Penelope and Pearson, waiting for a decision. They're both so good, Daddy, Penelope said, trying to be thoughtful in her decision. Tacos! Pearson shouted. I vote for tacos too, Daddy said. So tacos it is. Let's all wash our hands and get going. After washing her hands, Penelope stopped by her room to pick up her little pink sequin purse. She always took her purse with her when she went to special places, even if it was just a taco stand. She had it preloaded with lip balm, a pack of gum, courtesy of her grandma, a mini blue hairbrush that wasn't actually really made for human hair, but for her doll Susie, and a package of tissues. She felt so adult when she walked around with her purse, like a real lady. She started out her bedroom door to go downstairs, but then took a moment to open the little felt box on her dresser, admiring the necklace inside. In her mind, it was absolutely beautiful. But Daddy's voice reminded her that it was time to go eat. Let's go, Pen! She bolted down the stairs and got into the car. After a delicious meal of tacos, nachos, and burritos, they were stuffed to the gills. It was somewhat late when they arrived home, so Daddy Peters chose a short animated movie they would all enjoy. When the movie was over, Daddy laid out the plans for the next day. They would start the day with a diner breakfast and then hit the movie theater in the afternoon. What a sweet night of sleep they would have, dreaming about the Saturday to come. On Saturday morning, Pearson, Penelope, and Daddy Peters scarfed down pancakes and sausage and eggs and hash browns at their favorite local diner. Afterward, they spent a couple of hours at the park and even dropped their fishing lines into the pond. It was for naught, though. They didn't catch a thing. But Daddy Peters explained that lunchtime wasn't a good time to fish because fish weren't hungry. Penelope was puzzled by that piece of news because lunchtime was her favorite time to eat. Knowing they would be at the park at lunchtime, Daddy Peters had planned ahead and had prepared a picnic lunch. They noshed on cheese and crackers along with some hard salami, which they ate to the full before heading to the theater. Daddy Peters had a coupon for popcorn so that if he ordered a large kettle corn, the deal gave him a refill. After finishing the first bucket of kettle corn, they refilled it with some butter popcorn so the Peters got a bit of sweet and a bit of salty. And the movie, The Amazings 2, was such a good movie. Daddy Peters had plans for after the movie, too. He would drive to the mall, where Pearson and Penelope could browse at the children's stores and their favorite, the Bronzyland store, full of characters and princesses from the Bronzy movies. But they were not to forget their mission. We want to pick something out for Mama. I'm thinking we can get her something to wear for when she gives birth to the twins. Every time Mama went to a retreat, Daddy's ritual was to take the children on a shopping trip and pick out something for Mama. They would always surprise her when she got home. By now she knew they would have a gift for her, but she loved every gift they gave her, no matter what it was. I've got an idea. What if we get her a necklace like she got for me, Daddy? Penelope suggested. Hey now, I like that idea. But how about we get her a bigger heart locket so that we can put a picture of all of us in there? I'm certain she's going to love it, Nellie. Daddy Peters led the way to the jewelry store and let the children pick out a sweet gold necklace with a heart-shaped locket. Penelope asked Daddy if she could wrap the present when they got home. She picked out yellow wrapping paper and delicately wrapped the box, adding a homemade card 
signed by Pearson, Daddy, and herself. The sight of Mama's locket prompted her to run upstairs to take another look at her locket. Walking into her room and over to the dresser, she noticed the little blue box was not where she had left it. That was odd. Feeling a bit nervous, she surveyed her room and took a quick look-see under her bed. She began to inwardly panic when she couldn't find the box. Daddy? Pearson? She called out, the palpable tension rising in her voice. Daddy was the first up the stairs. What's wrong? Daddy asked, noting Penelope's flushed face. I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't find my locket. Her voice was shaking. Well, honey, nobody's been here all day. It must be somewhere. Pearson, did, did, did you take it? Pearson wasn't crazy about the way Penelope had asked him. It was a little sharp for his taste. Of course I didn't take it. Why would I take a girl's necklace? He answered in kind. Pearson, Penelope, no rudeness. We're in this together. We don't need to accuse one another. Let's just look around. Daddy Peters began searching Penelope's bed. He tore the bed apart, throwing off the sheets and removing the pillows from the pillowcases. Penelope looked through her toy box, and Pearson looked under and behind the dresser and all of the other furniture in the room. When nothing turned up in the bedroom, the Peters moved their search to the next room and went room to room, tearing each apart as they hunted for that necklace. There was not a stone unturned as they looked for the necklace for nearly an hour. Finally, Daddy Peters called the hunt to a halt. Okay, guys, that's enough. I know something we should have done first. Mama Peters would have reminded me, and I totally forgot. We need to pray, and then we need to let it go. Daddy glanced at Penelope, who had tears in her eyes. But Daddy, that necklace is so, so special to me. I don't want to let it go, she pleaded. I know, honey. Let's pray. Placing his arms around his children, Daddy Peters bowed his head and began to pray. Lord, we can't thank you enough for our wonderful weekend so far. We're thankful that you've given us such a thoughtful mama who gives us good gifts as you have given us the greatest gift. Lord, we turn to you now, knowing full well that you know exactly where Penelope's necklace is. You know what happened to it, and you know what will happen to it. Help us be content with whatever you decide for Penelope. But we do ask you, by your grace, to please show us where the necklace is. And while we wait, please help us to have peace and patience and a good night before Mama Peters arrives home tomorrow. We love you. Amen. By then, it was time to eat dinner. Everyone was ready for some down-home cooking. So Pearson and Penelope were pleased that Daddy had warmed up Mama Peter's lasagna and was ready to serve it to them. It was the perfect touch for the trying moment because it smelled throughout the whole house of Mama's delicious cooking. While Penelope was still having trouble not thinking about her necklace, she was grateful to be eating some of Mama's food and the reminder of her loving presence in their home. After they'd finished eating, Daddy joined them for a game of Go Fish, followed by a short version of Monopoly, and then sent the kids off to bed. Penelope was still distraught as she tried to fall asleep. Her head was racing as she tried to think about what she might have done with the necklace and where she was when she last had it. As if knowing she would struggle to fall asleep, Daddy Peters came into her room and sat on her bed. Honey, are you still thinking about the necklace? I know it's been bothering you all night, Daddy Peters asked, stroking Penelope's hair. Well, Daddy, I don't know if we will ever find it, she said desperately. What if we don't? What then, Nellie? Well, 
I'm going to be just devastated. That's a big word, honey, and it has a big meaning. Why will you be devastated? Because it's the most special necklace I've ever had, and I was so excited to wear it, and especially since Mama Peters has one now, we could wear it together. And if I can't find it, it's just horrible. I really, really want to find it. Nellie, I want to find it too. But I also want you to be okay if we never find it. Daddy, that feels impossible. But it's not. With God, all things are possible. And not only that, but have you prayed about it? Yes, Daddy. I, I just, I, I don't know. It seems like it might be too small for, for God to even care about. Oh, sweetheart, remember the song that says, Is there anything too hard for me? That's taken straight from the Bible, from Jeremiah 32, where God says in his greatness, Behold, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? Is finding your necklace too hard for God? But that's what I'm saying. It's not that it's too hard. But maybe it's too small. What if God doesn't really care about it? About something so small. Oh, so you can only trust God for the big things. Don't you remember the story of Jonah? Penelope nodded, and Daddy Peters kept talking. Remember after Jonah runs, and then he obeys God? And then God causes a plant to grow over Jonah? And then the next day, God actually sends a worm to eat the plant? Penelope was listening intently. But before he sent the worm... He sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah. It started after Jonah ran from God. He boarded a ship, and God caused a whole shipload of men to feel their lives were in danger in a massive storm until they had thrown Jonah overboard. And while inside the belly of the big fish, Jonah repented. So God commanded the huge fish to vomit Jonah up on dry land. Because Jonah had repented, he had had a change of heart. So he obeyed God's original directive. And after he obeyed, God caused a plant to grow over Jonah's head. And the very next day, he assigned a teeny tiny worm to eat the entire plant. And all of that, from assigning a giant fish to an itty-bitty worm, God is showing how he controls all things, big and small. He wants Jonah to trust him for his plans and not himself. God cares about all things, big and small. When we were playing Monopoly and we were rolling the dice, God assigned each number that the dice landed on. There is no detail too small or even too large that he doesn't attend to. He wants us to trust him that nothing happens by chance. Your necklace didn't get lost by chance. It didn't take the Lord by surprise. God cares about everything. And sometimes we need to learn lessons from these things that seem very obvious. But sometimes we simply need to learn that God is in control. Of course, by that time, Penelope had tears rolling down her cheeks as Daddy finished talking. I get it, Daddy. I will pray one more time that God would help me. The next morning, Penelope got out of bed and made one more search around the room before getting dressed. The necklace was still not to be found. But she felt more content with it. She knew that God cared. She felt loved by this great God who was in control. She dressed for church in the red and blue plaid dress that Mama had picked out for her, along with her patent leather shoes, and glanced in the mirror. She noticed that her hair was a tad messy, 
So she grabbed her purse and pulled out the doll brush. As she opened her purse and thrust her hand inside, she hit the corner of something square, and her head began to spin. Could it be? Is it? She pulled out her lip balm and her tissues and brush and gum, and there, at the very bottom of the purse, sat the little blue felt box. She let out a scream of joy. Yay! Of course, Daddy Peters and Pearson dashed into the room to see what had happened. Penelope was standing there, holding up her necklace and smiling from ear to ear. Daddy Peters and Pearson both yelled, Yay! simultaneously. Where did you find it? It was in my purse. I must have dropped it in there before we went to dinner. Oh, Daddy, you were right. Nothing is too small for God. God is so good. Daddy erupted with joy. Praise the Lord. He took the locket and clasped it around Penelope's neck. By God's grace, it was going to be a good day. And not just because of church, but because Mama was coming home. But no matter what the day held, God was in control of all of it. Hey, everyone. I gotta say it again. That was a good story, wasn't it? I love that God is never too busy, is never asleep, and is never too tired to listen to our prayers. The story reminded me of an experience I had when one of my kids was a young guy, and we had gone to cash in a jar of his coins at a coin counting machine. I asked my son if he had any idea of how much was in the jar, and he said he had stopped counting at $32. We dumped the coins into the machine, and the counter started clicking away. The machine began to slow down when the total got to around $47. And my son quietly said, I hope it gets to $50. Well, I love my son. So I too hope the total would get to $50 and silently asked God that if it was his will, that the total would be $50. My son threw in a couple coins from his pocket and made the comment that it would probably get to $49.90 and then stop. Do you know that's exactly what happened? We were one dime away from $50. But I told my son that I'd pray that the total would be $50 so we began looking around the machine for any coins that may have been dropped. Sadly, we didn't see any. However, I took a quick look next to the floral section, which was close to the coin machine, and my eyes lighted on a dime lying on the floor. My son had his $50. As we walked back to the car with the loot, my son remarked that it was unbelievable what had happened. But as we heard in today's story, nothing is impossible with God and that nothing is too big or too small for us to pray about. God is involved in every detail of our lives. Let me close with these marvelous words from Jesus in Luke 11:9. Here it is. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. We can pray about everything, but it doesn't mean that God is going to give us every single thing we ask for. That wouldn't be good for us, and he knows what's the best for us. His answer may sometimes be no, but just as Daddy Peters explained to Penelope, even if the necklace didn't turn up, God is still good. We hope you'll come back next week for another story. Bye for now.